Welcome to the Practical Missions Podcast. I'm your host. Today I sat down with a young couple who came out to the Middle East just six months after they got married. We talk about how they kept their marriage and spiritual life healthy, what accountability looks like, and also some of the challenges coming from a performance-driven culture in the West and then coming to the Middle East where it's a people-driven context and what some of the rub was there. I think you're really going to enjoy and benefit from the unique perspective my guests bring today. I know I did. As always, you can go to the website pmpod.org. There you'll find show notes for this episode and other helpful material. But for now, enjoy the conversation. Uh, you guys have been, so you guys are a married couple and you guys have been out in the Middle East for just a year. I just asked you that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, just a year. and you guys are quite young. You guys are very young, uh, in, in my in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm an old man. But what was it? What was it that initially, like, brought you guys out to the Middle East? So we've been in Southeast Asia before uh, for a year, just volunteering there. And then I started studying social work with a focus on migration and refugees. And so then we were looking for a country to move to for one year to study abroad because it's part of my studies and yeah it was kind of the only country we could move to where there were muslims and so we ended up here (laughs) and it was also the only country where you could study your studies (laughs) yeah so um i mean my my focus uh, in my studies was more on like uh, islamic studies and uh, linguistics so I was like very interested in learning Arabic all already in, in our time in Southeast Asia. Um, I kind of realized that it is very important, especially like to, if you want to reach out to like higher educated Muslims, it's like it has a kind of a prestige to know Arabic. Mm, yeah. So like moving out here and like learning Arabic in, in university, but then also moving out here, like open up this opportunity to like dive into like the origin culture and like language of Islam, you know, and then um, also like um, deepening my Arabic. I started on Fusha, um, so. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. like the classical high, yeah. high Arabic. Yeah, which is uh, in initially was of uh, no use in the streets whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of the reason why we got out here and i mean it really just fell together like it really just just came (laughs) together so in a in a god way that like um yeah you got a scholarship yeah i got like an amazing scholarship to come here which i didn't expect to get but yeah and i also got like a scholarship actually two scholarships for like the first half and then the second half as well otherwise we wouldn't be able to wouldn't have been able to fi- uh, like do it financially. Mm. It really felt like God yeah. somehow wanted us here, even yeah. though we didn't like expect to be in the yeah. Middle East at what, one point in our lives. And he also confirmed that I felt like we were on this conference and uh, I was just like praying about it. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't mm. know where to go. Like, um, we weren't uh, married at that point. We weren't even engaged, I think. But uh, it was pretty clear that my wife with... Uh, choosing her studies what was like wanted to go this way of going um going to another country and uh that was just praying and like it, it feel like felt like that that god was just like really mm. uh, confirming wow. us like leading to this place and that everything would fall into place which is th- which it did mm. yeah 
That was pretty tell, cool. Tell me just a little bit about what your what your studies are right now, like what, what or your thesis or whatever it is that you're doing. So I'm in the process of writing my thesis here. I'm writing about identities and identities of um, MBBs, mm. um, especially in this country. Yeah. Can you can you help me understand that a little bit more? So. Um, or are you not allowed to talk about this yet? I, I'm allowed to talk about it. Like it's it's from a secular university. <laughs> um, so um, it's which is actually pretty cool that I'm mm. able to write this yeah. with like a secular university. You know, um, so I, I I have to kind of like get away a little bit, get the religious touch out of it a little bit. So, um, but basically, what I found um, being on the ground here is like um, there is like a kind of a um, divide between the classical or traditional Christian community and the um, Muslim community, and also ethnically, I feel there are tensions mm. in this in this part of the world. Um, and I just want to know how these tensions are forming the identity layers of a person that comes to faith, mm. in terms of ethnic identity, but also in terms of faith identity. Because in, in other parts of the Muslim world, like there were studies done on that and you have like all these different like uh, movements and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like that in this part of the world, it, it works a little bit different. Mm. And that's why um, like a lot of maybe methods don't work here mm. um, that work other, other like in, in other parts of the world. Yeah. Wow, but, interesting. Yeah. Do you think the, the, the reality that there is an ancient ethnic... Uh, Christian church affects how uh, like Muslim the Muslim majority people understand the gospel I think so like I I think so um, I haven't done my interviews yet but from what I've heard is that I think the traditional church plays a role in a sense of that they either alienate people further mm. from the gospel or they they are part of god drawing people into the faith so like i think there's no mm. there's literally no ground between that um mm. so like there are testimonies i think where, where people were really impressed by like an orthodox christian practicing their faith yeah. you know and uh, on the other hand i think there are testimonies of people getting really alienated of like a church being in their neighborhood and so mm. Yeah, I think it it is definitely a difference. Um, it is also maybe a difference that the church has an, the the same ethnic identity as the majority Muslim identity. So like it, they are all Arabs, you know. So, yeah. So like that that I think that plays a huge part into it as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Super fascinating. <laughs> what and can if I if I can go back. Uh, to you so you are studying social uh, explain what you're studying again social work and my focus is migration and refugees and you uh, and from what i understand you're you're working with an organization here and you're working with uh you're working in this in in your field kind of yeah so i i first was studying with the university here one semester and then i needed to do internships and I did one internship for four months, and now in, I'm in my second internship, which is just one month. Mm. And so the first one uh, was with a local NGO, working all over the place, mainly against uh, child labor. 
mm. which happens a lot like in the yeah. agricultural areas. Um, and now I'm working with another organization, working more in resettlement. Wow. Wow, it's ph- phenomenal. I, I, I wonder like the... In in the West, the whole area of mental health care or counseling, trauma counseling, PTSD, I don't know, all the, all these things, it seems to be like quite a developed market in the West. Can you can you explain like how, how these things maybe kind of contrast between like the West and, and the Middle East? Because I feel like in the Middle East, <laughs> they don't even know, like they don't even know like what trauma is. That's really interesting. I think in the areas where... I'm working, people know, <laughs> like yeah. they're all educated about it, but it's still like how they like re- react to it or like implement it in their lives mm. is still like a big divide. I don't know, like from, Ger- from <laughs> other countries, I know um, that it's still a big topic for people, mental health, and it's not like a very well-known topic. And I think it's the same here. I don't know if there's a big difference, to be mm. honest. I w- I was living with a guy who had a, a major mass a major mental breakdown like a major mm-hmm. uh, mental burnout and like seriously seriously yeah it was he, he was unable to take care of himself mm-hmm. uh, unable to function as a, just a, a kind of on, on a base level and he's 24 years old and his his family's response to this was let's get him married that should fix him you know I feel like that. I That's feel like insane. that wouldn't happen in the West, right? <laughs> no, maybe not that they would get married, but like I think there are a lot of stupid responses people give to people who have mental. No illnesses. matter where you're yeah. at, no matter what country <laughs> yeah. you're at, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's. <laughs> I can't believe. I couldn't either. I was like, "What?" <laughs> but yeah, it's like marriage seems like a solution to many people. I have a friend, um, and she was going through like. A major heartbreak and then her parents were like oh let's just get her married to another guy she will forget the other one oh wow and it's like i don't know if that's how work. it works yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works yeah you guys came out uh how long had you been married when you came out half a year oh wow half a year, no? yeah. yeah yeah half a year so you, you guys were like brand new okay would you guys do you think this was a good or bad <laughs> thing to do for your for you guys for your marriage Okay, so we have to add to that. Initially, we uh, wanted to come out here right after our marriage. Like, so ha- like honeymoon, yeah, Middle East. Yeah, honeymoon, yes. li- Middle East. Like, w- it, it wasn't sure before COVID if we would come back to our home country um, or would go from our honeymoon directly to the, wow. to the Middle East. So but that was because we had long distance before and we needed to continue our studies. So uh-huh, the year yeah. abroad together would be the only chance to live yeah. together. Yeah. But, but COVID changed that. And yeah. I think it was a good thing that we were able to adjust to being married in our country. <laughs> Definitely. And not like, uh, n- like we didn't need to adjust and have a culture shock at the same time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that, yeah. that would have, um, yeah, w- would have not worked that that well. I think, especially for women, I think they're uh, coming from the West, where there is freedom, so much uh, freedom, obviously. And then you come to the Middle East, and especially for women, your freedom is l- becomes more limited. And I suppose you realize that a lot. You realize that a lot by experience, mm-hmm. maybe what what people say to you, how people look at you, uh, the names you get called on the street or I don't know. What has been your, like what has been kind of your experience as a, as a woman in the Middle East? 
I think there was one of our marriage challenges yeah. <laughs> because in our country I'm really independent and just doing my thing. Mm. Um, and then we came here and I feel like the culture here is very, you need to be very dominant and direct to fight your mm. way through. Um, for example, like taxi drivers don't put on the uh, thing, meter, yeah. the meter and stuff like that where you have to be very direct and very like put it on and I don't yeah. know what. And my husband is not quite like that. <laughs> and I'm, I would say I'm probably a bit more like that, like more direct or like telling people where to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I struggle a lot with that because here in the culture, the conception is like the woman stands behind the husband mm -hmm. and it's like she doesn't really have a big voice. It started like even with signing our rental contract when the, he didn't even care that my name was written there. Like oh. I was like, I want to sign. And he was like, we don't need it. <laughs> oh. I was like, what? Um, and stuff like that where I was like, it was so hard for me to keep my mouth shut like a lot of times when we were sitting in a taxi and like I was sitting in the back seat that's the first thing <laughs> like I'm sitting in the back seat and he's sitting in the front front seat mm. and then it's like the taxi driver says something stupid where I would be like <laughs> you can't tell say that or like just put it on or something like this and then I'm like keep your mouth shut like otherwise I would like embarrass him or like yeah um would take his manliness from him which i don't want because he's my husband but yeah that was a big challenge for me at the beginning and yeah you can also share how it was for you i, I think i'm i'm generally not that comfortable with a confrontation <laughs> um or direct confrontation at least like i like to i like to to sit th uh things through and I, and i think that that was kind of a, a challenge in the beginning um Yeah, with with taxi drivers or just like bargaining for stuff, like going it. down, <laughs> yeah. going going uh, going downtown <laughs> on the market and and being like, okay, I, I get this price now, but it's like probably um, the guys like ripping me off, like um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I got a great price, but I probably <laughs> got ripped off. <laughs> yeah, and um, so like you need to start bargaining, and you're like, and in the end, maybe you will get it for half the price that the guy yeah. like initially yeah. said, you know. And I, I found that really hard and I think it, it conflicted with my ideas of like truth mm. and truthfulness. Mm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I really like grew in these areas. Like I I, <laughs> I um, acquired a lot of like um, dominance. <laughs> in that <laughs> so true. In this, in this you know, no, like, um, like I, I, I actually enjo enjoy it sometimes. Also, it's a little bit weird because I don't feel... Like for me, I'm I'm a big feeler, so like mm. I have a lot of feelings, and like uh, being angry is not the best feeling that I, I, especially to people that that I don't know, yeah, you know. So being dominant or like s standing your man in that sense like feels a lot to me like being angry. Mm. Um, I don't like being angry, so that's probably one one reason that explains that. And yeah, it, it was kind of stressful sometimes for me, <laughs> like especially when like uh, my wife was telling me like you need to do that, you need yeah. to do that, like <laughs> I can't do that, but you have to do that. Yeah, like, yeah I was kind of <sighs> trying to put my actions in him because yeah, yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah. do them myself so I was like you need to do it <laughs> and then and then he would get frustrated yeah. yeah 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 definitely I'm wondering like when it comes to marriage how living in the Middle East has affect the marriage of a young couple is it is it like a an atomic bomb is it like something that brings you guys closer together is it like what what is that like i don't think you can really generalize mm. like we experienced other couples who are trying to form their relationship here in different stages and i think being married is still the best 
<laughs> in comparison mm. to being engaged or just a yeah, couple because yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have much more freedom yeah you're legitimate in the eyes of the community yes, yeah. Yes. yeah you wear a ring you can like i i think the, the the difficult part about that is like coming from a western country and you're you're so used to like maybe even give yourself like a kiss in, in public <laughs> oh, you know yeah. and yeah. then or like holding hands like mm. doesn't need to be a kiss but like just holding hands like walking down the streets holding yeah. hands and like in the beginning people said like for a non-married couple that that is not permissible or like that's not good especially in in a lot of areas and i think that gave us a lot of freedom as being a married couple although i think because we are so young a lot of people don't realize mm. that we are married so like mm -hmm. i i think that that plays that also plays a role but if they ask of course we can say we are married and i think that's what counts <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, you can definitely say that a lot of conflicts like were brought up, but I can't blame it on the Middle East or like yeah. uh, us living here. Maybe because like of culture shock and stuff like that, mm. like that it came up faster. But mm. I, I would I would say that it definitely was a good thing that we um, moved into. Like we moved into a relatively higher class neighborhood. Mm. And uh, we wanted a nice apartment to have like a, like a, a place where we can could come to, and that was nice mm. um, in that sense. And I know that like a lot of times, like people say, or like people prefer moving to like the the poorer areas, or, uh, or you know. And I think um, for us that was a wise decision, in the sense of that it gave us the safe space <laughs> that we needed to to be a couple and to adjust to us being married like we we were still mm. adjusting when we came here i think we are still adjusting and i think it will never stop to be honest to adjust to <laughs> being <laughs> married or being being with that mm. other person for for life so i think that that was something that that really was a good decision just yeah. like picking the neighborhood even. yeah mm -hmm. yeah something yeah. as simple as that yeah i suppose you're not being judged and watched as much as you would be in a more lower income area yeah definitely like we have a lot of freedom here like the neighbors they might watch us but like there's not that close contact that yeah. they would mind anything and also like it was super important to us like that we really like the apartment where we're staying in mm. because it's l such a comfort space where you can get dressed where you can calm down where yeah. you can like just close the windows <laughs> and then you're out and you can like yeah. relax And I think another another part that plays into that, like um, we came out here mainly to learn, mm. like learn the language, study in university, mm. um, and like doing ministry wasn't our main focus. Yeah. Like as weird as that might sound, and like of course there's a huge need here, but like we felt really that this year is more of a preparation for for us for our hearts mm. potentially being long-term somewhere and learning language learning how to live in a country like that learning how to do marriage in a country like yeah. that and uh, not focusing too fast on like um, people coming to faith and like you know all the cool things that you can that you will be able to celebrate yeah but yeah doing like the ground ground works for uh, the foundations for um, potentially moving somewhere um, with a long-term vision. Do you feel like that has helped in the sense of like there's less pressure, there's more opportunity for you guys to get used to each other as a as a married couple, newly married couple living in the Middle East? 
I think we had to preach that to ourselves multiple times. Yeah. Um, because especially I, at the beginning, I was very like diving into it and meeting as many people as I could. Mm. Then we got COVID, so we were <laughs> quarantined for some slows, weeks. Slows yeah. you down a little bit. <laughs> and then we could like reevaluate mm. what we were doing. And even at the beginning, when we moved here, we were like, we'll have like a lot of friends coming over, our families visited, at least my family visited. And um, because we were like, maybe if we move somewhere else, it might not be that easy for mm. them to come. And so here they could get an insight of what we're actually doing or what it's like to live in another culture like this. So a lot of our summer was actually like having people here, showing them like touristy stuff, but also like other stuff, how you live here, what's everyday life like. Um, there was a priority to us. I think the the hard part about it was like that I felt like people didn't initially understand like a, lo a lot of people especially that that worked here like cross-cultural yeah, workers cross-cultural workers you didn't fit into a box yeah, yeah 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 it's like um so like uh it was really cool that we came here for studies but um like once we w once i felt sometimes that once we said like um we are not doing ministry directly and all that kind of stuff like it kind of like okay well <laughs> what are you doing here mm. <laughs> um th like not that i And and I totally understand that because I think people that are on the grounds more and that work with people mm. more and that like want to reach people see such a huge need mm. that like it is a disappointment if somebody says I'm just here for preparation, you know. Mm. And um, and so also I if people come and go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the coming and going of people. This this kind of limited time. We're only yeah. here for a year. Yeah. You mentioned like closing the windows, you know, and having your house <laughs> is like an oasis away from the chaos outside do you guys have any like rhythms of 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 rest i feel like you have to be proactive in getting mm. rest or you're going to get like swallowed swallowed alive do you guys do anything like either like on a, on a small level or on a big level to to make sure you get rest i think one thing that's maybe more about a marriage also is that we try to have a date night once a week yeah. where we're just saying we're not meeting any other people. We're not like doing anything else, but we just take time for the two of us. Mm. And that's some part of rest also for a relationship. Other than that, we tried <laughs> having a Sabbath. Mm. Um, at the beginning, that worked quite well because there were Friday lockdowns and then you could just take the Friday for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. actually the best. <laughs> yeah, But I think throughout the year, it got worse. And I wouldn't say that we have a, complete sabbath day now mm. but we're trying to at least have mm. like one day a week kind of um where there's not as much going on or yeah. like things that are more relaxing i think we realized the importance of of, of rest yeah. <laughs> yeah like i think it 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 kind of really like especially living in a in a in a big city in the middle east mm -hmm. i think everything gets so busy and yeah. you're so mm -hmm. like there's so many opportunities on one hand there's a lot of need on the other hand and then you are torn between all the opportunities and all the yeah. need and like you need you constantly need to decide how you are going going about that and like, like what are you doing and who are whom are you meeting and all these kind of questions and i think having a time of rest or like taking a day off or just taking an afternoon off and being like okay mm -hmm. we are going on our date and yeah. it's like over like it's it's off today um i think that that is really really valuable and also spending time with people that don't draw energy from mm -hmm. you yeah like that is yeah. so important 
um, for us mm -hmm. uh, or has become so important uh, for us. And we also tried to get out of the city some after a month or like two, we were trying to get out. Yeah. Just maybe like hike somewhere or like we went to the southern part of the country or like somewhere out of the city yeah. just to relax or just get your mind out of there. And I feel like those those times were always really important to us. Yeah, I was I was reading a book about productivity and whatever else, you know. Some of it's good, some of it's not. But one of the things they were saying was people tend to be more productive and more happy and better at... Uh, problem solving and all these things decision making when they've spent time in nature you know and the, the author of this book was encouraging you know leaders or whatever to to be in nature make sure you're getting out in nature and i was like man like there is no nature yes in, for, like in the city yeah. we live in you know you can you can drive for hours it seems like and not see a tree or a bush that, that looks like nature <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's not covered in dust <laughs> I I think like the closest thing we have to nature in my neighborhood is the street cats who eat the <laughs> out of the garbage, you know. But just that importance of getting out of the city, yeah, yeah. getting out of yes, out of the 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 the, the, the urban sprawl. Mm -hmm. It's good in so many ways. I was up in the north recently uh, with a friend of mine, and we just went walking, you know, mm -hmm. through these beautiful green mm -hmm. hills, olive groves. And they're just so refreshing and restoring to my my soul. Yeah. I, I think uh, what what fascinates me about, like not that I'm good at practicing that yet. Like I, I, I think I, I kind of struggle or both of us struggle with because we are very initiative people. So like yeah. we, we're very spontaneous and flexible, yeah. you know. And so once we try to establish like a routine, uh, we get bored of the routine and then we like... Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so boring. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so um, a lot of times actually like we do, like we say, oh, this is our new routine. Then we do it two times and it's like, oh man. Like, um, <laughs> which which is, uh, which is uh, it, it's okay, I, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, we so we have constantly to find new routines to like get <laughs> yeah yeah um, to to a place of rest. But what I wanted to say, what really f like we were reading this book with with our uh, church back home, and they that the author was saying that Sabbath kind of is this like idea of taking you out of everything mm. and like being outside of like the machine that you're running and you know like that all the things that you need to get done and all this kind of thing, all all these kind of things, and then you realize actually i'm not too important to this mm, yeah like, i am not wow. the one that this whole thing is depending on yeah and like i think being out here like a lot of times i i struggled with that i'm like we are here in in the middle east and like there's so many people like yeah. that don't know uh, about about jesus about the gospel you know and then it really took me sometimes to just sit down and be like I, i'm not like it, it's not depending on me mm. like it's not the machine is running and mm. god is like delivering people and bringing people out of the darkness even if i'm in the country and i'm doing nothing mm. like of course he needs me at, at times so like this needs to be balanced as well yeah. but like for this point this yeah. is important to say that yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. I yeah. think th this realization that I'm not as important as I think I am brings mm. so much rest. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's like yeah. this weight off my shoulders. Yeah. It's not the kingdom of God is not dependent yeah. on on me or yeah. whatever or the the yeah. millions of people yeah. 
in my backyard yeah. then they're actually they're actually not dependent on me what a re- what like what a freeing mm-hmm. thing i heard i saw you were, you were pointing towards your refrigerator when you were talking about routines when you were talking about routines and there's this calendar <laughs> there's this whiteboard on the refrigerator with a calendar on it uh, is this your routine that you guys don't follow is that why you're laughing <laughs> kind of like we put it up there and we're like each week we'll fill like our schedule and everything in there and but it didn't really work like i think i don't know from when those <laughs> yeah pre-covid time no, actually, actually that's from last week but i think it's uh, it's more mm-hmm. to synchronize our calendars so that we know yeah. when we are out and what yeah. like, what we are yeah. doing it, it takes sometimes it takes two weeks to get uh, updated but so <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is kind of the failed routine yeah. but it it's and we also like we put down there things that we definitely want to do each week but yeah. we don't like yeah. mainly it's just meetings and yeah. all the other stuff's like yeah. somewhere in between it, it's at the moment it it seems like this is as much routine as we are possible to get yeah. and also to like kind of possible to produce from ourselves yeah <laughs> i heard somebody say that you're you're either a slave to your chaos or to your calendar if you're a slave to your calendar you can change things yeah you can work with it but if you're a slave to your chaos the chaos is in control mm-hmm. yeah. I, d- I, d- I know you like you've worked with you've worked with arabs you've worked for arabs and with arabs mm-hmm. uh, and i know you've had a lot of experiences with arabs and we've had some we've had some shared experiences with arabs i was just wondering like what have you guys noticed or learned about arab relationships how does it differ or or from from back home maybe are there things that other things that stand out things you love things that you don't love so i think the f- the first thing which is which might not be like a, a big point but i think the first thing that i noticed about arab relationships is like texting is big and it's important <laughs> yeah. it's important to text back on time um good observation i'm really bad at texting back or i like to take time for my like response like i might read a text and leave you on read and then yeah. like reply like two hours later and it's not because i hate you it's just because <laughs> I, I i want to take time to think about that and especially like if the message is in arabic like then i need some time to think about like yeah. how my response is structured and all that kind of stuff and i think um for me personally i feel like sometimes that actually hindered me in entering into friendships with people because i didn't mm. reply on time interesting um or at least i feel that way i don't know if if that is true but um yeah and uh, on the other hand i feel like there are arabs that are accustomed to that and that they, they, like they 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 ex- they don't expect uh from a western person to text like an yeah. arab um, but on the other hand like i got a, a message from another arab that that told me like dude you really need, you need to, to work on your, your yeah, yeah you, you need to work on your like uh, re- time like when when you respond um so yeah i think that that's something that i noticed i can't say if it's like a general arab thing or if it's just my supervisor at work because <laughs> um, what what i experienced is that it was challenging a lot of times to get meeting times right or like i always needed i actually had my working schedule but i always needed to text her the evening before if i really could should come at that time or Mm. if she was out for meetings um and so it was super challenging for me to figure out like is she there is there work for me should i do home office or like it was kind of more 
on my side to decide what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell if that's Arab. But yeah, a lot of times it happened also that I was there and then she was saying, I'm there in 15 minutes. And then I was waiting half an hour. Then I was calling her and she's like, just five minutes. And then <laughs> oh, like yeah. after like 45 minutes, I'm calling her. She, she's like, I'm almost there. And then it's like <laughs> one hour and you're like, um, what happened to 50 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> like, The yeah. whole concept of time yeah. is so different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Even in the working environment. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is something that's so interesting. I was talking to some guys the other day and they were kind of almost kind of like troubleshooting uh, the local economy. How can they were they were like investors or whatever, you know, and they were they were asking the questions like how can we develop the economy here? And I just wondered like how I was I was thinking like like the I don't think the Western model works in the Middle East. <laughs> you know, when you think about investing in 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 developing economies like how much are you taking into the fact that that the concept of time itself is so different mm-hmm. here than in the west mm. is that was that something that frustrated you yeah definitely in my country efficiency is a very big thing yeah and <laughs> now the people know where i'm from <laughs> 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 um so, yeah, it was like a lot of times in my workplace, people came by and they were just like chatting and talking to each other. And I was like, what's with the work you need to do? Yeah. And then they don't mind staying in longer. Mm. And then I'm like, but you have family. And it, like in mm. my country, it's like you go to work, you do your work, you go home and then you have free time. Mm. And yeah, I feel like here it's all like more relational. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it doesn't really matter where you are but just that your company's good that's what i felt like yeah interesting this this like the like the the, the distinction between like work life leisure life family life mm. is all blended here yes. to a degree isn't it yeah it is i think it's a, it's a different value or a different like concept about time and also money you know like in, in i feel like in the west we say um, if you don't pay with money you pay with time yeah you know and I, I don't think that concept exists because mm. like if you pay with time, at least you are with with someone. Yeah. And so the re- relationship is what what yeah. co- what's count what counts, you know? It like it isn't about the money, it isn't about the the time, it's about the relationship that you have with that person. Um and mm. that's why you are able to sit through like two hours and like leave that other person waiting because this relationship in the moment mm. matters. Yeah. And mm. I think like that's that also pays into what we really early on noticed like um maybe that's a very general statement but like arabs have a hard time planning ahead mm. you know like mm. um like we tried to get an apartment f- um from our home country and <laughs> and all the people that we contacted here were like you don't need to try like just fly in and then like you walk around the streets and you call <laughs> someone and within like two days you have an apartment yeah. at least like maybe even within a day yeah. you know and um because uh, and then the guy was like i could ask my friends now but in three months when you arrive they have already forgotten about 100%. it 100 yeah. percent. yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, and i think it yeah it's just a uh, yeah tying in with the, what you said about the economy like uh, that that definitely is a struggle i guess like yeah. that, that time and money just have different values and also money money also always seems to be somewhere 
you just need to have the right relationships to get there mm, you know yeah. uh, like this concept of like wasta and all that kind yeah. of stuff um i think that that is something um that i also notice in relationships yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a fascinating observation yeah. the money is there you just need to you just need to figure out how to get it yeah yeah even yeah i think you know you're talking about the value of how we how they value how arabs value time and work differently but they also value relationships differently yeah. don't they the the like relationships have such a bigger importance i noticed just something like simple like at my church it was like we would start when kind of everybody was there you know like we're yeah. supposed to start at seven yeah. but we we could, we could start at seven thirty if if some people weren't there <laughs> some important people weren't there you know it didn't matter yeah. we start when everyone's here not we start when that mm-hmm. we're supposed to start. Yeah. 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 I realized that at my work, my supervisor, she was also teaching in some areas. And so sometimes we were attending those meetings and then we were already like 20 minutes late because of the traffic and because we started late. <laughs> uh, and then we arrived there, but instead of going right to the meeting room and starting the meeting, um, we were invited and then coffee was giving out to everyone and we were drinking coffee and chatting and like just talking and... Then maybe like half an hour later only we went to the meeting room and I was like, now the meeting is starting like 50 minutes late, but they didn't mind. They were like, okay, nice. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like, there's always time for coffee and tea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think like I've been out here for so many years and still that like that time thing is buried (laughs) deep in my heart. Like I can't like, oh man, you know, I can't. It's so hard to be late for me. We're here, mm. like being on time is is probably disrespectful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or nobody's there. Or no, there. nobody's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you think? I'm, I'm wondering. Like, we're we're kind of contrasting Western culture with Middle Eastern culture. Do you guys have to battle pride in kind of thinking the way I do it is the best? That where where I come from is is the best when it comes to. Uh, do you do you have to battle looking down on Arabs? For sure, in some parts, mm. yeah. I think a lot of times when we were just frustrated with the culture, or yeah. like when we didn't understand it, or like um, again pay too much money for something or some stuff like that, then you're just frustrated and you just blame the other culture and you're mm. just like, oh, they're just so bad, yeah. and mm. that's why. I think when you're in a point when you're in a good point <laughs> where you're like looking from an outside perspective you can't say that because it's just different how yeah. it works but definitely while you're in it and while you're frustrated or while while you're figuring out how it works and you don't understand it a lot of times i'm at least like mm. it's so much better where i'm from yeah. like it's so much easier like you get what you say and you can trust people and yeah <laughs> yeah mm. I, I feel a little bit convicted here, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I I definitely think that that sometimes that's the case. And on the on the other hand, I I think it is hard to balance where is our culture, like where where are the blind spots of yeah. our culture, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because our culture has blind spot. Like, for example, if you talk about women, like women in, in this culture, there are really bad things about that. And mm. then you look at Western culture and like the obje- objectification yeah. of women, and mm-hmm. you know, like. Um, there's so much that we are not doing good in like this whole mm. like uh, treating women thing better than this culture and it, it kind of really like a, a friend of ours really was a 
kind of a role model for like really reflecting on like every time he would notice something in, in, in this culture, he would like reflect on it and be like, okay, but do we do it the mm. same way in our culture? Yeah. Or, or, like, yeah. do we have something else? Then <laughs> most of the time he came out of it and was like, actually, both of our cultures like suck at this. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. It's, a, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's just, and, and I think on the other hand, there are so many like valuing relationships over efficiency I think that's something very godly. Mm. Like, you know, I mm. think that's something that is so, so good. And like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this like kingdom and uh, like mm. kingdom culture. Like when, when all the good parts of our cultures actually come together <laughs> and, all, and all the, the crappy <laughs> parts are like, Amen. you know, thrown out and I like, wow. um, yeah, sanctified. <laughs> wow. I love that. Do you guys think on the flip side then, do you think there's anything that you've learned, like positively that you've learned from this culture, from these people? I think for me, respecting elders, for example, mm -hmm. is, is such a big thing here. Uh, and I love that. Uh, and I think hospitality as well. This, yeah. here's, here's, here's the thing about hospitality in the Middle East is that I absolutely love is it can cost you a lot yeah. of of your of your own yeah. resources mm -hmm. yeah. and they're happy to do it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. really incredible. Yeah. It might seem a lot of times like this whole like small talk thing, you know, like that you are talking back and like how are you? I'm doing good and like <laughs> yeah. all these like little <laughs> words that you need to say, you know, like and you, you can't so good at you, that. you can't figure it out like I don't know. It, it's so hard for me to figure it out. Like, I still make a lot of mistakes with it. And then, I, I don't know. Since we are moving in, in a few weeks, I, I will probably not figure that out. But <laughs> um, it's like, uh, it's so cool. And I actually like a lot of the meaning mm. what is in there. Like, for example, like a friend of ours, he started to use like uh, Allah Mark. Mm, uh, yeah, he started to use that like like um just in our language yeah you know and every time he would say goodbye he said like yeah uh god with you and i really like that because i think and i think that's something that i learned from from this culture and um, even though i i also see a lot of negative parts to that um religion plays into every part Everything, of life yep. and and i like although i think it's not the right religion I really like the aspect of like God being in everything, like God mm. being there when you start something new because you say like Bismillah, yeah. you know, and uh, God being there when you leave some uh, a person and you say God be with you and yeah. all these kind of things. I, I really like that. I really, I really want to take that away. I don't know how to incorporate that because like it, in the secular West, yeah. <laughs> hard, yeah. <laughs> because it also like feels a little bit weird maybe or people will look weird at you like yeah. when you just walk around and be like uh, yeah God help you um, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah, in yeah. the name of God I'm starting <laughs> May this may God like, bless your hands yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but uh, I really like that actually mm. yeah. did, did you guys find just, just, just like piggybacking off of what you were just saying did you guys like well, what, was your, what was your experience moving from like the, the secular world in the west you know where like society is secular like we say it's it's like impolite to talk about religion you, you know what i mean like it's not like it's not a good thing to talk about religion with with people you don't know you know mm. and then you come here and it's like 
it's perfectly fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say anything you want about religion or ask any questions you want. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in there like moving from secular society to religious society that uh, that surprised you? I think we knew it a bit from before. When you were in Southeast Asia. Yes, yeah. right. So we knew that they have this tendency. <laughs> Actually, it makes me happy a lot of times yeah. because it comes up so randomly. Or sometimes even people just ask about your faith and yeah. that never happened to me in, in the like, West. Yeah. yeah, in the West. So I'm always happy to share or just talk about it or also just ask them questions. Mm. And yeah, it's so fascinating to me. I think I, I, I have to say to that that the past years, especially during my studies, I didn't really have that secular surrounding mm. because I, I like I st- because of my Islamic studies um, that I study, I had like a lot of Muslims that actually study with me, uh, and yeah, like it was very normal for like a- every lunch break we would sit in the cafeteria and talk about the Quran and like mm. the Bible and yeah. compare that yeah, and talk yeah, about yeah. the prophets and all that kind of stuff. So it was it is actually really um, even though I lived in a Western country. Um, like part of for since we came back from Southeast Asia, I really didn't have the surrounding of not having somebody that would mm-hmm. very openly talk about that. I think what I struggle more with is like how do I communicate what I believe in a way that the person understands that mm. you know like yeah. especially if I'm in a taxi and I have like five minutes time, I don't have the language, I don't know what to say, and then the person just asks me like what's your religion and yeah. because I don't know anything else, I just say Christian yeah. and I'm like this I'm in the inside of a box that I yeah. can't get out as yeah. like this Western yeah. person yeah. coming to mm-hmm. the Middle East and yeah. I, and you're a Christian and yeah and maybe it sometimes get bad, gets better when you say like uh, oh yeah I'm just uh, in my uh, 20s and I'm married and then people like start to get respect for you, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, oh maybe he does have morals <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no really yeah and but he doesn't have kids so like <laughs> oh something's wrong yeah. <laughs> maybe you should take a second wife <laughs> I had that more than once actually yeah. <laughs> We for our honey for our like one year anniversary went into like a hotel, and uh, we didn't realize that it was like a really kind of a conservative hotel, oh. like, but a high class conservative hotel, yeah. you know. And then we we booked it, and we we paid kind of a lot of money for it, and we had no. like a like, but we had like a high yeah. budget for it, um, kind of. And then we were like so happy because it was like one of the only ones with a pool. And then we went there and then the pool was gender segregated. (laughs) Obviously, like we could have thought about that. But um, so (laughs) so so we um, it was like a whole spa. uh, Yeah, yeah, it was a whole spa. Then like one one time I went into like the spa area. Yeah, um, my wife also went into the spa area and I just hang hang. Uh, hung around there and then this this guy came up and he was like oh yeah so you are um we started talking and uh, asking me my age and um then he was like oh wow you're so young you're so young married like that that's actually i also got married at that young age but now i have my second wife and now this time it's a law of marriage oh. and i was like um and then he was like su- suggesting that i could take you a could second wife that, because yeah. like the, the the first wife obviously couldn't be like a, a love marriage it was arranged because i'm so young you know um, he was from a very rural area like that's mm. what he said as well um but uh yeah just um a different perspective 
on man and marriage and marriage in general. <laughs> and I think it's a different perspective on what it means to be faithful to your spouse. Yes. As well. You know, when in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, I can just have another wife, you know. I, I Potentially, I could be dating other women and it's perfectly fine. It's sanctioned yeah. by God, yeah. you know. Mm. Such a different concept uh, of marriage. I think it's interesting as well because uh, like marriage is such a, beautiful picture of the of the gospel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. actually and how god's fidelity and faithfulness to us uh, yeah and then that that kind of whole picture is is corrupted mm -hmm. uh somehow in mm -hmm. islam i had another friend just a, another story that came into my mind um i had another friend that i asked like um about like um having multiple wi wives and all that kind of stuff and he was really like hesitant and he was like really like I don't know, like he, he, he didn't know what to respond. And then he said, like, I, I actually can't say anything to that because um, if I say something, I, I might have to say something against my religion. So I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And and then I, I just asked him, okay, so then just answer me that question. Like um, in your family, it is, is it like a custom? Because it's not a custom in every family. No, like, it's, you know? it's quite rare yeah. actually. Yeah. So like, um, and he was just like, no, yeah. my mom would, kill my dad <laughs> yeah and and i actually thought about that and it's actually so interesting mm. because on a completely different note i feel like arab women in a marriage actually have a lot of power mm. and that just demonstrated that to me um yeah. when you get that like on okay on a theoretical level you mm. can say it's you know in, in islam a muslim can say to you yeah it's Uh, it's sanctioned by God. It's good. It's blessed by God. It's not wrong, you know. But then on the on the personal level, when you're the second wife, or when you're the first wife, and you know that your husband doesn't love you, and has married somebody else who he does love, like that's an incredibly painful. It's incredibly painful, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I don't think there's definitely. anybody who's like just super excited about their husband <laughs> taking another wife. Yeah. You know, doesn't that say something about like that we know, mm -hmm. we know like intuitively something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Last, last question uh, for you guys. I'm just wondering like you're in the Middle East, you're away from your families, you're away from your home church, you're away from your communities. You're kind of out here all alone. And how, like I'm just wondering, like, when it comes to your spiritual health, like, are there certain things you guys have to do or be aware of while you're out here just to maintain kind of your spiritual, the spiritual vitality of your relationship with God? We were actually very blessed with our church at home mm. because they spend a lot of effort to stay in contact with us. Wow. Also, because we just had that perspective for one year then to come back. So they because of covid a lot of things were online which we could actually attend and so they paid a lot into our discipleship and were there wow. for us and we have another couple they kind of mentor us together and then we have our personal mentors and um mm. this is just super super helpful um also to have a person outside of the country you're in mm. just talking to them and telling them about your struggles and them guiding you um and giving you advice even though they might not know the context you're in yeah. right now. But they helped us a lot spiritually. Um, and we had those different groups that we attended. Um, and then within the country, 
we tried all kind of different stuff. Uh, first, we attended a church here, but then we kind of figured that we didn't really grow in there. So we did like with another couple that we have here, we did like kind of house church meetings where mm-hmm. just the four of us, we spent time together. Mm-hmm. Then we figured it would actually be nice to have more people. And then we, we started Sunday dinner and praise <laughs> um, oh, where wow. we just invited people over to mm-hmm. uh, worship together, to eat food together and to chat over any like spiritual topic that came to our minds mm-hmm. and yeah it was just seasons where we did s- mm-hmm. different stuff mm-hmm. that was really helpful just in the communion with other people mm-hmm. i would say even though like we we did all that i think uh, spiritually this year was really tough mm-hmm. uh, like in, in in many ways oh. i i don't know but i actually look back on the year like i did kind of a reflection of the last year and i was like god what did i actually learn like did i actually Mm. grow spiritually we had this conversation like that actually uh, there were like just a lot of things that that we really struggled with but on the other hand i think spiritual growth sometimes is just very practical Mm. you know like it, it it is just figuring out a marriage and mm. like loving each other and like not getting frustrated with each other like all day yeah. <laughs> and um yeah i think or just exact accepting the fact that you are not good at the language mm. and that you have to wrestle with that yeah. and that it's it's hard and that you have a conversation with a taxi driver that you potentially could say a lot into if you would know the language and if you would know how you know and yeah so i think it yeah i think there there is a lot of uh, good in that year there was a lot of good but it was also like i think personally for for me um yeah it was it was kind of sometimes really a struggle mm. yeah but i also think that like god shaping our character yeah. is actually very spiritual wow, and 100%. like everything that we learn in our characters is actually something spiritual mm-hmm. and for example, I believe we grew a lot in patience and that's <laughs> such a spiritual gift. Wow. Like, <laughs> we, had to pay, we had to wait like four months for our residency wow. to be issued uh, because there was like a mistake that the people at my university made. Um, they mixed up numbers, like the numbers. Yeah. Even at the airport when we arrived, yeah. <laughs> I had to wait like five hours at the airport oh. because they didn't get yeah. something right. Yeah. <laughs> first day in here yeah. patience yeah. learning patience yeah, yeah. Day one. yeah it was yeah. like the word of the year <laughs> no. wow yeah. and if i would if i would move here again i think i would definitely move with an organization mm. like it helps so much knowing other people yeah. in in the country or in the middle east and having and having somebody that feels accountable yeah. for you on the ground 100%, you know yeah. i think that really really helps and uh, like uh, i feel at times uh, we didn't have that mm. and that made it sometimes really much more difficult because even though we had like our church from home like they did a phenomenal job like really i love mm-hmm. them praise god for them mm. but like it's just hard because they don't understand the realities here yeah you know no i think that's a strong point yeah. I think it's a I think it's so important to have yeah of course people can do whatever they want you know but I see the I see a strong value in coming mm. out with 
uh, with with an organization or with people where there is accountability, where mm-hmm. there is experience, mm-hmm. and where people can yeah speak into our mm-hmm. issues. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Maybe somebody else does. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe they can help us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for uh, being with me today. Thank you Loved for it. having yeah. us. Loved it. it. Was such a privilege. Amen to that. No, the privilege is all mine. Hey, thanks for making it to the end of the pod. I know in our Instagram, TikTok world, it's hard to maintain attention for an hour. So well done in making it to the end of this episode. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. Just want to remind you, it's okay to be normal. 